All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to our 12th episode of the Wisconsin Transition Talks. I'm Brian Kenny with the Transition Improvement Grant. And I am Stacy Duffy, the Transition Specialist at CISA 2. And Brian, 12 episodes. That's amazing. We have That's a dozen, dozen episodes. I mean, I know. I'm very excited about that and the work that we're doing here. Um, so I am also very, very excited about our next guest that we have today with us. Um, we are so fortunate to be joined by Karen Smith from the Department of Public Instruction. And building on her background, working with both education and business partners, Karen Smith's mission is to build a bridge between educators and employers in order to create a brighter future for youth and a stronger talent pipeline for businesses. She is living this mission as an educational consultant for the Wisconsin Department of Public Instruction, specializing in academic and career planning, dual enrollment and career pathways. Karen previously worked as the Milwaukee Regional Career Pathway Director through Wisconsin's New Skills for Youth Grant. She also has a strong background creating programs and leading initiatives related to her mission, such as Lead to Succeed, My Life, My Plan, and Inspire Southeast Wisconsin. So welcome, Karen. We are so happy that you're able to join us this morning. Hello, Brian and Stacy. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We, like I said, this is one we've had on the calendar that we are very excited about. So you we'll bet. get right in. Yeah, we'll get right into things. So, you know, we hear the words, you know, career readiness, we hear academic and career planning. So can you kind of just talk to us about, you know, what does career readiness mean? And how is it different from academic and career planning? Yeah, it's a great question to start with. And since I, I knew or suspected you were going to ask that question, I actually spent some time going on the internet and, and Googling career readiness. Like, what's the actual definition of career readiness? And as you can imagine, I found all sorts of things. But in general, you know, what when we refer to career readiness, we're talking about a student who's graduating, in this case from high school, with the information and skills they need to succeed when they're entering the job market. And what I think is really important to, to pause and think about is we're not just talking about students that are gonna graduate from high school and go right into the job market. We're talking about all students, you know, even those students that are planning on going to a four-year college first and then eventually entering the job market. Those students need career readiness just as much as students that plan on graduating high school and going right to work. And I would even say that, you know, in some respects, those students that plan to go on to college need career readiness even more in high school because they're going to be spending a lot of money on that tuition um, and to not have an idea of what you want to do and where you want to go can really set them back and put them in a, a lot of financial debt. So I think the only exception, the only time I could think of a person who wouldn't need career readiness in K-12 is someone who plans on not only going to college, but staying there forever and never entering the workforce. And honestly, I don't know if you know like that. I certainly don't. Um, so, so, you know, the bottom line is career readiness is something that all students need. And it not only includes uh, career exploration and career awareness and, you know, helping them figure out that part, but it also includes things like financial literacy, social and emotional, social and emotional competency, STEM literacy, digital literacy, 
global and intercultural competencies, all those things, all those skills and competencies that students need to be successful in the world of work and honestly, just in the world in general, right? So career readiness is our goal, right? So when we talk about career readiness, that is something that we are helping our students achieve by the time they graduate from high school. Whereas academic and career planning is the process that school districts use to, you know, either the, those school districts create and implement to make sure that all students reach that goal of career readiness. And when we talk about that process of academic and career planning in Wisconsin, we typically use the words know, explore, plan, go to reflect what that process looks like. And we want students to know who they are, know what they like, what they're interested in, what they're good at. We want them to um, know about all the different careers that are out there, all the different post-secondary education and training options. We want to give them lots of time to explore that, try on different hats. And eventually we want them to come up with some kind of plan, no matter if that plan is, I think I'm kind of interested in this and, and I'm going to explore a little bit more or their plan is I'm gonna graduate and now I've got a really good idea of exactly what I wanna do and here's my next steps. And then the goal part is all about how do we help support them and make sure that they're able to be successful in that plan. And so the last part that I'll, I'll just kind of share with you um, when we talk about that academic and career planning process, you know, mostly it's founded in a scope and sequence of academic and career planning activities. So you have um, educators, usually led by school counselors, but hopefully along with others that are planning a scope and sequence of activities that start at least in sixth grade, if not earlier, all the way through 12th grade that help students move through the academic and career planning process so that when they graduate, they're career ready. You know, Karen, sometimes the, the academic seat time isn't enough to get students to go. So when we think about, when I hear the word go in the ACP process, I think about experiences, relevant experiences, and sometimes it has to go beyond the academics. So can you talk a little bit about, provide some more information about career-based learning experiences? What are they and why are they so important? Yeah, definitely. So remember I said, you know, we, we just talked about that scope and sequence of academic and career planning activities. and. Some of those activities might be lessons that happen in the school. Um, some of them might be, you know, using Zello or another software platform. But some of those ACP activities involve an employer or an industry partner. And so when, when we have an ACP activity that directly involves an employer or industry partner, we call them career-based learning experiences. And in Wisconsin, there are 18 types of career-based learning experiences that when you put them all together, they create this beautiful continuum of different activities and experiences that you can pepper through a student's academic and career planning process. And so um, we've got a, a Wisconsin's Guide to Career-Based Learning Experiences that will be published in, in January um, on our DPI website. So I'm not going to go through all of them right now, but just to give you an example, career-based learning experience might be something like a you know, guest speaker coming into your class and talking about a career or a career fair or a student going out and doing a, a job shadow or working with someone from business and industry on a mock interview or resume review, 
all the way up to your more intensive work-based learning experiences, like an internship or participating in youth apprenticeship. So there's that really big, broad continuum of career-based learning experiences that at the far end include those more intensive work-based learning experiences. And I have a colleague in um, Milwaukee area, Susan Kane from Milwaukee 7, that every time she talks about career-based learning experiences, um, she, she uses a metaphor from the Wizard of Oz that I really like. So if you think about the Wizard of Oz and how it starts out in, in black and white, you know, those are, those are some of your ACP, you know, activities that, that don't involve, um, employers or industry partners. You know, you're looking at a career profile, for example, on a computer screen and it's in black and white, right? You know, it's foundation. It's really important stuff. But sometimes it can come off as kind of dull, right? If you're just, you know, reading about um, a, a career. Once you actually see and experience it and talk to people, you know, that's when things really come to life. That's when you, you know, now you're dropped into Oz and, and everything's in technicolor, you know. So, so that's how we think of career-based learning experiences. It really brings academic and career planning to life. And as a matter of fact, research shows that career-based learning experiences, more than anything else, has the greatest influence on careers or students' career choice. So more than what teachers have to say, more than what counselors have to say, even parents or peers, career-based learning experiences um, are shown to have the greatest influence on what a student eventually is going to decide to pursue. And then, and, you know, and last, but certainly not least, those career-based learning experiences create a pipeline to a school district's path, career pathway programs. So if you have, if you're in a school district and you have an advanced manufacturing career pathway program at the high school level, but you're not exposing students to advanced manufacturing, you know, through career-based learning experiences in the elementary and middle school levels, chances are, you know, you're not going to see as many students participating in that career pathway program. So they really work together. Karen, you know, you, you mentioned that career-based learning experience guide that's going to be coming in January, and that just sounds like another great resource coming out. Um, and I had, for our listeners, I had the opportunity to hear Karen present earlier this week on, about the Regional Career Pathways, which is another great resource coming down. So I'm just so excited about these because, I, as I keep saying, these are game-changing resources for our students. So can you talk to us about what are regional career pathways and just some general information about that and then also how the department of public instruction is ensuring equity and access for all students in regard to um our cps yeah you know stacy i gotta tell you it was my pleasure to come and speak to your group this week it's so fun and we need to do more of those connecting activities so thank you again for inviting me in absolutely um, and I, I agree with you that this, this really is a game changer for, for our state and lots of other states that are doing similar work. Uh, but I have to start with the term career pathway, right? Um, because we've been talking so far a lot about the academic and career planning process. 
But when you think about someone going through that process of knowing, exploring, planning, you know, and, and going, that naturally leads students to a career pathway, right? That's what we're kind of hoping will happen. That, you know, if they do enough knowing and exploring, eventually they're going to start to gravitate towards a career area or a career pathway that might be a good fit for them. And as a matter of fact, completion of a career pathway upon high school graduation is a really strong indicator of career readiness, which is our ultimate goal. So, but the, the thing is, and, and this is why I wanna, you know, just talk about first, there's so many definitions of career pathways out there. Everyone's talking about it. And usually they all mean a little something different. So in Wisconsin, when we talk about career pathways at the high school level, what we're talking about is a sequence of career and technical courses. So career and technical education courses. And for those of uh, those of your listeners that maybe don't live and breathe in that CTE world, um, career and technical education today is so different from like the vocational education that you may remember back when you know you were in middle school or high school. Um, today, career and technical education is for all students, both college-bound and non-college-bound. And it spans different industries from healthcare to digital technology to advanced manufacturing, you know, to, to business administration. And so those career and technical education courses or the sequence of those courses are the foundation of any career pathway program. And then beyond that, if a school district is offering a career pathway program, um, they'll start with those sequence of CTE courses, but then they'll add on a few other um, options, a few other components. And there's some flexibility in what they can offer. You know, So it could be a work-based learning experience in that pathway. It could be the opportunity for students to earn an industry-recognized certification. Um, take a, a dual enrollment course so they can get college credit or participate in a career and technical student organization like FBLA or Skills USA. So they have to have the sequence of courses and then at least two of those other four options to um, say that they're offering a career pathway program and be eligible for some federal funding to, to support that pathway. Up until about three years, four years ago, the only way school districts had to create those career pathway programs was to do it on their own. We call that a local pathway. So they had to do all the research, you know, reach out to business partners, try to figure out what those jobs looked like, you know, what the skills are that are going to be the most important in those jobs, figure out what the industry recognized certifications would be, um, the dual enrollment opportunities, so on and so on, right? So the, the, onus was just on that school district to do that. Lo and behold, most likely a school district right next to them was probably doing the same thing and calling the same people. So it just wasn't a very efficient system. And it wasn't an equitable system either because some school districts have um, this dedicated staff and resources to do a really, really good job of creating that career pathway program. And other districts struggle. They don't have the staff. They don't have the resources. And so they do the best they can, but they might be, you know, not sharing as much or able to share as much information or opportunities with students. And so we wanted to make that whole system more efficient, more consistent, easier to navigate, and more equitable so that 
all students in all school districts across the state have the same access to the same opportunities that will help them be successful in careers. And so we came up with regional career pathways. It's really just a collaborative approach where we start at the state level, working with employers all around the state, finding out what those jobs are that are gonna be most in demand, what the skills are that students need, you know, working with our higher education um, institutions to identify all the different post-secondary education and training programs that will get students into those jobs, all the college credit opportunities. We create this whole map and then we send it to regions and they can customize it in case that, you know, the opportunities or the, the job demand looks a little different in their region. And eventually that career pathway map goes to a school district and then they are guided through plugging in the specific courses and other career pathway components like work-based learning, industry-recognized certifications, dual enrollments, CTSOs, et cetera. So at the end of the day, they've got this great advising tool that they can use with their students and families to say, here is what this pathway looks like. Here are all your different post-secondary education and training opportunities. And here are all the things you can do at our district to help get you started there. So it's been pretty exciting work. And so far we've developed regional career pathways in advanced manufacturing, architecture and construction. Business administration actually has three pathways. So we've got one in business management, finance and marketing. We've got a regional career pathway in digital technology and then one in patient care. And we are just about to publish one in education and training. And we're also going to start working on a regional career pathway for agriculture. So this is really, again, like Stacy said, kind of a, it's a game changer. And I feel like we're just at the beginning because in order to just create these maps, you have to bring partners together from all different sectors from business and industry, K-12 education, higher education, workforce development, economic development. And so not only are they creating these pathways, but now they're starting to have these deep conversations about what are the barriers to, for students to be successful in these pathways and how can we work together across sectors to come up with innovative solutions to overcome those barriers. So Karen, I thought of a really good question just now when you talked about um, barriers. One of the, the conversations that we always have um, in in our work, Stacy and I's work, is is talking about getting students in special populations, students with IEPs, engaged in these important things: career based learning, career readiness. What are maybe some tips that you have for for the special education teachers and the special education directors and others planning the schedule of these students to find the balance? of the academic coursework, the credits in seat time, but also the the career readiness and the the career opportunities to get experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a really good question, you know, because it it comes down to really, you know, what are what are the specific strategies, right? You know, that's what everyone always wants to know. Okay, I get the I get the problem, but tell me what I need to do. And, and although there is no like one size fits all, I will tell you, um, and I'm gonna get a little bit up on a soapbox here because Brian, I'm super passionate about this. Um, I know you are. <laughs> the one thing, the first thing that we need to do to overcome any barriers 
that students um, with disabilities have in, it, when, in regards to career readiness is we need to get our special education teachers, our school counselors, and our CTE teachers working together. You know, that in and of itself is going to break down so many barriers because all too often in a lot of school districts, not all, but in a lot of school districts, we're not seeing those three groups of people work together. And they're all really important part pieces of that career readiness, you know, machine that we're trying to build. And so what happens unintentionally is a school district may have all these great academic and career planning activities and career-based learning experiences that they offer, um, but our students with disabilities aren't participating in them. You know, and maybe it's because the special education teachers aren't aware of them. They don't, they don't know. They're not looped into those conversations. Or it can be that the school counselors and the CT teachers don't really understand how to better include students with disabilities, make sure, you know, maybe they're not being in, in, intentional enough about um, um, showing that, you know, students with disabilities can and should be participating in these things. They don't know about, you know, how to make accommodations or modifications that would help, you know, support students in participating in those things. So once we see special education teachers, school counselors, and CTE teachers start to work together, we start to see some of those barriers um, disappear, right? Just because those three groups are learning from each other. And then what we start to see is that students with disabilities are more likely to participate fully in all the academic and career planning activities that are offered in their school district, maybe with some accommodations or modifications, but they're still fully participating. And we see that our school counselors and our CTE teachers are aware of the supportive services that you know, will help students participate in these activities or help them as they, um, or will be important to them as they create their post-secondary transition plan. Um, and there's a lot of evidence that just shows that there's such a strong connection between CTE and students with disabilities. You know, our research shows that students with disabilities who participate in CTE are more likely to have higher graduation rates than those that don't. Um, another research study uh, that was done in uh, eight states, including Wisconsin, showed that over 90% of students with disabilities who participated in career and technical education passed technical skills assessments. It works, and it works really well for a lot of students, and especially students um, who have disabilities. You know, you hit on so many key pieces there. Number one, that collaboration with uh, those teams, and then also just the role that inclusion plays um, is so huge, as we very well know on the post-secondary outcomes um, for students with disabilities or students with IEP. So uh, thank you so much, Karen, for providing that insight. We have one last question. I'm going to throw it over to Brian. This is kind of a fun way to end the episode. So it's very obvious, Karen, that you've done lots of really great work in Wisconsin, you're going to continue to do that great work. But when you think about Karen Smith's legacy, hmm. how would you describe that? Oh, my goodness. That is a good question. Wow. Um, 
you know, so it's it's funny because, you know, here we're sitting, it's December, you know, we're right at the end of the year. And so I actually have been kind of just doing that end of the year reflecting what did we accomplish, accomplish this year? What do we want to set out to do next year? Um, my legacy, um, I want to break down silos. I More and more, I am using terms like silo busters, linking and leveraging. We are doing so many great things, but we're doing them in isolation, um, especially in education. We're doing them in isolation. And so we're all working harder and not smarter. And so the more we can look and understand the roles that everyone is playing um, and link and leverage those roles, the more successful we're gonna be and the more successful our students are gonna be. And so, you know, a lot of the work that we're doing at the Department of Public Instruction is looking at systems and processes. You know, if we really wanna make sure that every single student in the state graduates career ready, that's a heavy lift, right? And everyone has their little piece of it. But if we start to bring those pieces together, it's gonna, it's gonna mean a lot for our students and it's gonna help us be able to look at things in a different way and be more innovative in the way that we work. So I guess I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave you with that and, and stay tuned for more and more um, strategies and things that we'll be coming out with in the next couple of years to, to help our amazing educators in Wisconsin do that work. And Karen, maybe you can share some of your your most important resources with uh with Stacy and I and we can add those into this awesome podcast and after today's podcast I'm going to want to watch the wizard of oz yeah right how you inspired me to <laughs> to go see the wizard awesome awesome it's yeah. been a great movie <laughs> And Karen, I just want to thank you again for all you're doing to move career readiness forward in our state. Um, we feel very fortunate to have you leading. And uh, again, I cannot say enough about the importance of the work that you're doing. So thank you again for not only that work, but also for taking the time to join us today. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's my I, pleasure. I'll echo Stacy's words as well. I really enjoy working with you, Karen, and it's it's a pleasure to be able to collaborate with uh, people from the Department of Public Instruction. So thank you so much. Yeah, right back at you. It's it's a privilege to to work with all the career readiness partners around the state. Um, and I learn so much from every single meeting that I go to with with partners. You know, from school districts to our our transition improvement grant coordinators to our special education teachers to our CISAs. I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm just very fortunate that, you know, to live in a state where we have this amazing network. So thank you for everything that you do. You're welcome. And that's a wrap for our Wisconsin Transition Talks podcast. And thank you so much to our listeners. And thanks so much to Karen Smith from the Department of Public Instruction. Have a great day. <laughs>